Where Market Muse is different is we're really focused on content and helping people to create uh, quality content and not only just creating quality content, but really creating quality sites in terms, you know, massive amounts of content clusters because it's no longer enough just to have one great page. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. I don't care. Good, bad. I even can't say about myself. I'm good or bad. Sometimes I'm bad, sometimes I'm good. Uh, but I respect anyone who want to learn more about marketing, about AI, about SEO, about content creation. Because today we are going to share new valuable insights how you can use AI to get results. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Stephen Jeske. How are you? Great, Anatoly. I'm really happy to be here again. You know, last time we were talking uh, a few months ago, I had so much fun. I really enjoyed it. So I'm looking equally forward to uh, talking with you today. Yeah, nice. I remember this podcast that was valuable. You know how to share value. I think everyone in Market Muse can share this value. I love it. That is why I always invite you <laughs> to share more value with my audience uh, yeah uh, i get high engagement from my audience so yeah uh, it helps to go ahead steven before we start just tell more about your self-experience background because we have new listeners who might not know you but they will know you and follow you after this podcast sure thing anatoly uh, i'm steven jesky i'm a content strategist a senior content strategist at market muse um <clears throat> create a lot of content as well as deciding what content to create. I'm actually hands-on involved with that as well. Um, I've been doing this for quite a while. You can probably tell by my uh, beard there. And you know what, I'll, I'll tell you just a quick story, Anatoly, about my involvement with AI. It stretches actually way back as a university student. This was back before the AI winter. This was back really before the internet became popularized and you know i was actually learning ai as a computer music student and that's where my interest started out and you know back then we had you know so many dreams and aspirations about what ai could do and and you know we thought that it was all around the corner and this actually goes back to oh god the 1980s and, and then we kind of went through this dark period where you know ai kind of lost its way, definitely lost funding, uh, you know, and fast forward today, uh, still involved with AI and it's changed a lot. It's no longer on the fringe. It's really become something that's popular and it's something that's uh, impacting everybody today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think uh, in marketing, it's a must have. Yeah. In content creation, it's a must have, but 25% of all occupations uh, are only adapt to AI. So most of people still ignore AI uh, and uh, including my two brothers, I spoke with them. Uh, they have high positions, uh, great revenue in accounting. And I ask why they ignore AI. They try, they played with this tool, but couldn't get great results. Uh, and so they use old methods. It works well. Um, I, us I usually advise them just play. 
you can find your way if you spend more time if you uh, play um, as i usually do because i speak with ai uh, with chat gpt more than with my wife you know I, <laughs> I love this experience because i get accurate results interesting results and uh, steven you mentioned about um your experience with ai but what about today uh, i see when content creators complain that ai without human touch not creative many things of course yes ai it's not golden button but if you use it right you can get great results with human touch can you tell how to do it <laughs> yeah uh you know i agree totally with that if if you're expecting um if you're expecting like an easy button right where you can just say hey this is my topic spit me out a piece of content um you know what you will get something you will get a piece of content that's pretty much equivalent to you know what these um if they're still in existence, those content farms that would pay offshore workers like pennies on the article, literally, that's the sort of thing you'll get if that's your approach to using AI. Uh, you know, so you can produce content faster. It's just not going to be that great. Mm -hmm. and, and my preference and, and you know, I, I don't know about you, Anatoly, but I like to think of this as a tool, albeit it's a sophisticated tool. And so I'm really using it more in an interactive way when I'm using thinking about using AI, uh, you know, to, to create content and really make it more accessible for search. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Um, you know, in marketing, we often test and I tested on this podcast episode with my text. And of course, I use AI uh, to edit my text and we get a huge audience uh, guys, please tell me because of the text, because of the algorithm, because of Stephen Jasky. I think Stephen Jasky, of course, <laughs> I can blame you <laughs> because of my audience as well. But uh, guys, just let me know. I'm interested uh, why you decided to join to this uh, podcast episode. Okay, Stephen, uh, I want to ask about this AI detectors. It's popular today, uh, and. Uh, uh, I think it's controversial. Someone uh, can tell they wrote manually, but AI detectors can tell uh, it's AI written. I don't know. Uh, I played with these tools. Uh, I like results. But uh, what I found, um, for example, I usually write uh, bad copy. I'm not a good writer, but I can write bad copy, collect my data, uh, feed AI to edit, get great results. Uh, and AI detector can tell now it's AI written. But Google ranks well, uh, and um, uh, for example, we got mentions on CNN Business Insider after editing on ChatGPT. So uh, even big publications don't care about such AI detectors. Uh, can you tell uh, if you have experience with AI detectors? Do we need to rely to these tools? Is it good idea? And because we know Google can consider AI and have some algorithms against AI yeah oh okay you know what that's that's a, like a whole bundle of questions anatoly so let's kind of take it one thing at a time um when you're talking about ai detection really what you're talking about was those whether it can detect uh if, if uh, large language modeling was used to create content mm -hmm. that's really when we're talking about ai detection um and here's the thing is that those those ai detectors aren't great Right, they, 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 
and, and the problem is, is that it's, it's really not easy. This is not a simple thing to detect AI generated content. And then the, the other, and it's hard for a number of reasons. One is how do you define AI generated content, right? Do you mean that, hey, you know what? I just plugged in the topic, it spit out the output. I just took the output and I threw it up on the web page. Or do you mean, you know, I used AI and I took the output and I edited that myself? Or do you mean I'm using AI, but I'm using it interactively? So I used it just to generate maybe an outline. It gave me an outline with subheadings and some key points to cover. And then I went in and created that narrative around that. So there's different ways of using AI. So, I, you know, it's tough really to, to kind of draw the line of where do you say that AI was used at what, you know, is there a percentage that you would say that, hey, this is an AI generated article? So that's one of the things that these AI generators have a challenge with. But I think mostly what they're trying to detect is are people pushing out, uh, you know, unedited AI content. Mm -hmm. Even so, uh, you know, I think initially when this whole controversy came, you know, started up, I think Google was the position that, you know, they didn't look that favorably on AI generated content. And then they changed that uh, really to specifically say, hey, we don't really, I mean, I'm paraphrasing this, don't mean to put you know words in their mouth, but essentially what they've been saying is that whether uh, content, it doesn't really matter how content is generated, the key is that they're looking for helpful content. Yes. That's the key. And how that content is created is absolutely irrelevant because, because that's not really what they care about. They just care about having helpful content. Does that help, uh, you know, people that are searching? And so that really, that's the, that's the main point. So I, I don't have any confidence in, in like, say, uh, running a piece of content through any AI detector. And if it comes back negative, that doesn't, doesn't mean anything to me. Not mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I spoke with, uh, Fabrice Canel from Bing and he replied to me that Bing, uh, doesn't care if AI written or not. Bing cares about quality. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can create quality with AI, so go ahead. I think uh, Google is on the same position. Of yeah. course, we have these algorithms are against AI, but I think uh, because most users can create generic generic content. Mm -hmm. It's like uh, guest posting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Google is against guest posting because uh, 99% can generate generic content without value. Uh, but if you use it right, and I asked John Mueller about that, uh, and he told if you write guest post for uh, the sake of sharing value, helping others, okay, go ahead. Nothing is wrong with that. If you write for the sake of link, yeah, Google is against that. So yeah. if you Steven, can you tell how then create content with AI in the smart way? I mean, like to to get value, to get uniqueness. Uh, yeah, any tips about that? You know what? That is a great question, Anatoly. I'm, I'm glad you're asking me that. And the reason I'm happy about that is that I know that a lot of um, effort is being, you know, uh, expelled around just being able to create content faster. 
right? And, and the idea is, hey, I can just use AI to create content faster and just publish, you know, thousands of pages a week as opposed to, you know, a few pages a week. And, and, and personally, I think that is, I think that's the wrong approach. I think that we should be using AI to actually help us create better content as opposed to, you know, not so great content. If we can do that faster, great. But I think that's the, really the quality and that's like critical, right? The quality of the content is critical to performing well, not only to performing well in search, but once you've got those people coming to your site, because remember those are real human beings, you want that content to reflect the quality of your brand, right? And, and so people like doing business with an expert. And so your content has to show that expertise. And th there's a few ways. One is, uh, I mean, because I use the Market Muse platform and that's rooted in AI, right? Because we've always been using natural language processing, natural language understanding to first of all, create a topic model, right? Which is around what are, you know, when I'm talking about a subject, what are the most important concepts around that, right? And so what's nice about using AI is that, I mean, you know, literally, uh, and I'm just thinking back to my days when I did work in a content mill, a very popular one that I'm not even sure they're around anymore. I'm not going to say the name. <clears throat> Begins with a D. Uh, anyways, so really, you know, the, and the focus back then with these content mills would be like, oh, I'm just going to look at the top three. I'm going to read the top three articles in SERP and see what they're doing. And I'm just going to do, in quotes, better. Really what it meant was I'm just going to look at those and copy those. Um, and, you know, there's a human limit to how much content that you can consume to really understand what it's about, what the subject's about, and how to make it better. AI can do that for us, right? Because we can go out and we can get the AI uh, to analyze hundreds or even thousands of pieces of content and really condense that down into something that's really solid in terms of some sort of topic model. Mm -hmm. In addition to that, we can understand uh, what questions that we should be asking as well. I think what's really interesting and what has the most potential, in my opinion, is when we start combining uh, what we call knowledge graphs or topic models with uh, large language modeling. Because then we can actually end up having uh, content that is not only unique and, and helpful, but really has um, goes beyond being generic. Because the challenge with um, the challenge with large language modeling is that if you just give it a topic, you will end up getting generic content because that's how they're constructed, right? A large language model is constructed to piece together, literally piece together words that are going to most likely make sense and most likely be appropriate, and that's why you end up getting generic content. Now, right now, one of the uh, workarounds to that. And it's a, it's a valid one is to just simply say, Hey, I'm going to, instead of just getting, uh, you know, a large language model, like chat GPT with, with, which most people use, instead of just getting it to push out a piece of content and then having to go back and edit it. I don't think that's a good process because as we were saying before, you know, you do that sort of thing and you just get generic garbage in my opinion. And then it's just takes too much time to edit it. Yeah. That's, that's been my experience that you end up with a piece that it's so generic that you're just better off starting from scratch. 
But the workaround really has been really then to take that piecemeal, right? So maybe you'll end up uh, using a large language model to help you create those, um, to create an outline, let's say, right? And so you'll have an outline of your, of your article, right? Maybe you'll have a point of view as well. Maybe you'll get the, you know, get the large language model to supply with a point of view. You'll have an outline based on that point of view. And then you're going to make changes to that yourself. You may agree with, with the outline or you may not. There may be things in that outline that, um, that you want to provide more emphasis to, or maybe you want to change the order because you decide that, you know, the flow of that from a narrative point of view just isn't uh, the best it could be, or it just doesn't, isn't the way that you would approach it. And so then you're making human decisions. And I think it's really key to be making those humans decisions uh, because if we don't keep humans in the loop, then you end up with that, uh, uh, you know, garbage generic content. Mm -hmm. Yeah, valuable. Like it, like it. Steven, can you tell about this uh, outlines, uh, subheadings? I don't know, because uh, what I see, it's popular to ask uh, ChatGPT to create subheadings to block content. But if uh, all content creators use the same, how to be unique? I mean, like if we have the same outline, but how to stand out from the rest to bring something new? Uh, any tips about that? Yeah. So I, I, you know what? It doesn't matter what kind of prompt you use. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, you want to use a prompt that will be the most efficient and get you the best results. But I think you're right. You always have to keep in mind that you know, somebody else could come around, come along and, and create virtually the same prompt and you could, they could get the same output as, as you have with your prompt. And the key there is comes down to that human experience. And either you have to weave your own human experience into that content, or you have to work like a journalist works and find other people, other sources to quote that can support your narrative and work their experiences in. So that's really the two alternatives that you have. Either you have to put your own experience and work them in there into that content, or you need to work other people's experiences. Mm -hmm. And you know, journalists do they journalists do that all the time, right? Journalists aren't necessarily experienced in a specific topic, although they may have a like a specific beat or you know, they may cover like AI technology for some, for for example. But their skill is actually, you know, going out, making those connections and talking to those experts and getting quotes from them to support, uh, you know, their thesis or their mm -hmm. point of view. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, I think experience is important because uh, if you ask me to write content about accounting, weight loss, I can't. I can't. I tried. <laughs> I played with ChatGPT, but <laughs> I think that was garbage. <laughs> yeah, but if I generate content about digital marketing, SEO, I can understand how to change, what to edit, and I think yeah, experience and great prompt experts will have this experience uh, because you can't become prompt expert without experience. So focusing is important. So you need to pay attention to specific niches. And Stephen, I wanna ask about something that I disagree, but it doesn't mean that I'm right. Uh, I disagree with common 
thinking uh, not even thinking because i see some posts uh, i get these questions that uh, people are losing jobs because of ai especially writers uh, marketers are losing jobs and um, um, of course i don't like it but uh, in my company we stop cooperating to cooperate with some people as well uh, we uh, cooperated with editors but after editing on chat gpt we got mentions on cnn on uh, business insider and uh, i don't know why i need to pay money to editors if chat gpt can provide this job much better you know i set up prompts please edit my press release i get quality content uh, i stop co cooperation with translators because chat gpt can simplify my experience through to translate content i just uh, set up prompts like translate to japanese considering culture in japan mentality and it works well uh, we got traffic ranking positions because of uh, translation with chat gpt before that i paid uh, money to translators uh, and that was hard to check them that was hard to find them uh, and manage control the process to explain what i want to get to find experts who know the topic uh, and today ChatGPT can replace for a few seconds all this process yes i don't cooperate with these people but i advise to anyone if you uh, lose job because of ai become prom experts adapt we need to adapt and uh, i was denied many times in my life that's okay uh, if i denied uh, that means something is better or uh, tools or people uh, can you advise yeah. people who lost their jobs uh, what to do if ai can do this job better yeah i mean anatoly i don't i think just in general i don't think that that people aren't really necessarily losing their jobs to AI. I think really what they're losing their jobs to are, are people that can use AI. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm going to draw a parallel again, going back to my, and, and this goes back to my teenage years. I was around when personal computers started becoming popular and businesses, like every business used them. Like prior to that, it was, you know, um, you, your desktop computer now would be the size of a, a 10 by 10 bedroom. That's how it was back then. And then when the personal came, computers came on the scene, uh, businesses started using them. And what ended up happening is that, you know, these people that were doing things manually, like accountants, right, who were, you know, at best maybe using a calculator, all of a sudden they had to learn how to do spreadsheets, right, how to use spreadsheets. And if they didn't, they were being replaced by accountants that knew how to use spreadsheets. And it is the exact same thing. Uh, you know, it's not like people are losing their jobs because of AI necessarily, but they are really losing out to those that know how to use AI. So I really think uh, that the first thing that you got to do is you got to get comfortable using AI. And I, I forget what it was. I know Google just recently came out with a, uh, a, a course. Actually, basically, it's like a pathway, a number of courses for marketers to understand uh, using generative, generative AI. 
And definitely for a marketer, I would check that out because that will be great on, you know, covering at least the fundamentals and understanding, have a basic understanding of it. And, uh, you know, of course, with chat GPT being, you can get the free version. Um, it's helpful just to start playing around at least understanding the, the possibilities or the limitations of that so that you can be comfortable using that in, in, you know, in your job, should you have to, or it might be something else and not necessarily chat GP, GPT, but it gives you some experience with, uh, interacting with the large language model. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I like it. And, uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, people uh, with experience can't beat other specialists yeah. with experience who use uh, ChatGPT. And, and, and don't forget, like right now, we are still in the very, very, very early stages. Yeah. There are really no experts right now. I know that if you go on the internet, there's all sorts of people promoting themselves as <laughs> Guru. gurus, yeah. but they're not. Right. They really aren't. If you go and really delve into their background, they're not. So this is an opportunity. Like you've got a great opportunity. It's not that like you're going to, you're not going to lose out on a job uh, because somebody else has, you know, 10 years of experience using large language models because the only people that have that experience are, are people that are, are, are like data scientists, right? And AI engineers, so yeah. as a content marketer, that's not the case. You can just, you know, you can get, and you'll have enough experience right now just if you start playing around with it, literally. That's yeah. the age we're in right now. Yeah. Um, uh, for example, Neil Patel, Gary V, uh, Rand Fishkin, uh, these experts call uh, themselves uh, students. <laughs> so if these people with great experience rewards uh, call themselves students uh, i don't know about gurus <laughs> yeah and, and that's a that's the truth everybody right now they we are we're all students yeah of course so if you stop learning uh, you are in trouble because yeah. it's quickly changing world marketing we need to adapt to go ahead and marketers on tv and radio didn't lose their jobs they adapted to digital so mm -hmm. today it's a new stage to adapt to ai uh, it's not about only ai we always adapt but uh, uh, it's important to pay so much attention with ai uh, steven i want to ask about market news can you tell your benefits uh compared to many other great tools that we have and i know about advanced uh, creating advanced strategy for example uh, my clients uh, students uh, uh, followers many of them still use uh, keyword research tools like samrush ihrefs uh, tools are great uh, but uh, i see when they chase high volume uh, don't consider metrics like traffic value don't consider uh, competition M many things uh, trying to create a lot more uh, but losing quality can you tell uh, how market news can help with that i mean like to create the right strategy sure thing you know uh, the tools that you mentioned by the way anatoly they're great right there's no doubt about them and they have their uses and for the foreseeable future i i can they will continue to have their uses but where Market Muse is different is we're really focused on content and helping mm -hmm. people create uh, quality content and 
not only just creating quality content, but really creating quality sites in terms of, you know, uh, massive amounts of content clusters, because it's no longer enough just to have one great page, right? You'll, if so many people try to, you know, optimize, you know, to heaven and to hell and back their one page, thinking that the more that they do for that one page, the better that it will perform only to find out that, you know, there, there's only so far you can go. And so one of the things that we do is we help people create content strategies that will perform well in search. And we have a number of personalized metrics specifically related to content and the content on their site. You know, for example, one of the challenges, if you've ever tried using keyword difficulty, you know, HREF, SEMrush, they all have their own ways of calculating it. The problem, of course, is that's a generic metric. And so it applies to everybody and therefore really applies to nobody. And what we've done is we've actually created personalized metrics like topic authority, where we actually assign a numerical number to that. And we analyze your content, how you cover a specific topic, how it's performed in the past, how it's currently performing. We catch capture momentum and a whole bunch of other things in determining that. And then we take that topic authority and we, we literally, we take that and we subtract that from what a generalized keyword difficulty calculation would be. So we have that as well. And that ends up being your personalized difficulty. So your topic authority is your competitive advantage. That's what makes something easier for you. And really what you want to do is when you're thinking about building out a site at any point in the life of a site, you always want to work from that position of strength, right? So either whether you're creating new content, you're optimizing existing content, you really want to focus on where your topical authority is, because that will give you an advantage. It will make it easier for you to perform well in search. If you're creating new content, you know, diving deeper into topics where you're already performing well and you've got that topic authority, as opposed to, you know, just deciding, okay, I'm going to talk about this this week. Because a lot of content marketers, they essentially throw stuff against the wall, right? See what sticks. Oh, that did good this week. That didn't do so good. And then the thought is, well, maybe I'll just use AI like ChatGPT to produce more content, right? So if I throw out more content, more stuff will stick, but I'm still not really performing well, right? If one of uh, if one if 10% of my articles really perform, it doesn't matter how many I'm pushing out a week, only 10% are going to perform, right? I may have absolute numbers increase, but I won't have I won't be improving my percentage of performance wise. And so if you've got a good strategy, one that works from your, uh, one that really takes advantage of that competitive advantage and works from the strength of topic authority, then you're much more likely to su succeed and, you know, double, triple, even 10 times your success rate. Yeah. Yeah. Valuable. Uh, let's talk more about uh, this metric keyword difficulty. It's estimation. Yes. Hrefs has SEMrush, Moz. I know experts who can tell it's estimation. They don't care about this metric. But for example, if I want to promote the keyword SEO, keyword difficulty is high. And I can check top 10 results. I can see Neil Patel. I can see Moz, uh, many great resources, Google itself. Uh, and I remember we had a client in uh, who sold... Uh, uh, in the, the weight loss niche, and he asked me to promote weight loss. Uh, I replied to him, you know, in the top 10 results, billion dollar companies, you know, they deserve this ranking positions. Um, you, you can estimate content and think, 
okay, I can create something better, but it doesn't mean you can get this results because uh, of authority, because of trust, many metrics. And uh, uh, can you tell, uh, if we are talking about topical authority, I often see when we need to create content that I'm not sure I can rank. I, I can't say it's impossible, anything is possible, but mm -hmm. it's extremely hard to uh, to get ranking positions and uh, organic reach with some content. Uh, but uh, to unite to topical authority, we need to have these topics. Uh, do you think it's a good idea to create content for topics if I, I'm sure that it's hard to promote them? Probably I even don't try. Uh, but uh, to uh, help other content that we have on our website, I mean, to, to have interlinking between them. Uh, well, you know what, Anatoly, sometimes, you know, you, you're in this situation. Well, first of all, you're, you've always, you always want to be creating content that supports some sort of business initiative, right? Mm -hmm. That's the whole purpose yeah. of creating that content. And you may be in situations where, you know, maybe you're starting up a new line of product or service in, in your business. And guess what? You've never written about it before and you don't have any authority. You definitely don't have any authority. Even if you, you know, you don't even need market news to tell you that if you haven't written about something, chances are you don't have any authority and, and maybe it is super competitive, but you don't have any choice that, and you do have to go into that. Right. So there are those situations. And in those situations though, what I always suggest is, you know, look at your existing content and see if there is a way to transfer some of that authority. So find a link between what you are known for right now versus mm -hmm. what you want to be known for. Because, you know, it's it's pretty rare that uh, a company will, you know, make some drastic change, right? And all of a sudden they, they are, you know, have a new product that has absolutely no connection with their business, right? Usually it's incremental. And so they're, Typically, there is some way to find that connection between what you have existing, assuming that the content that you have supports your existing business initiatives. There's always going to be something there. And then, you know, if you're using market news, I'd say look for, you know, prioritize based on the combination of your uh, personalized difficulty and your topic authority, because you really want to start off finding things that are easy, uh, where you won't have a lot of work to do. And you've also have that competitive advantage, which is from your you know, topical authority. Yeah, well explained. Uh, Stephen, I want to ask about mistakes. I asked this question before, but I, I often get this question uh, about uh, mistakes that marketers still do. And for example, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them. Sometimes I don't know another way how to learn. So we need to do mistakes. Uh, if I start something new, I check best practices, generic strategies, I fail all the time fail, but I can learn how to go ahead, how to improve, adapt, uh, to consider preferences. Can you list mistakes that companies, people still do with AI that you often see and how to find another way? Okay. Um, the first one I'm, I'm going to give you is, I mean, it applies to AI, but it really applies to everything. Um, and, and the first thing is that you know, you've got to be very wary about copying your idols. Mm -hmm. And in, in a related uh, comment there, it, it is really the understanding that you, you are not your competitor's website. And so what somebody else is doing, um, 
they may there may be reasons why they're getting away with it and why you, if you did that you wouldn't have the same results and there's so many different factors and so i think that is really the number one thing is that you know people you know again coming around to these you know best practices and, and what have you uh, you've just got to be very careful and you've always got to test and, and understand you know where is you know where is your website residing in the overall scheme of things before you start doing things so you know for example um I see this often, especially with AI, the whole the whole idea. I shouldn't say the whole idea, but a predominant theme that I see is that everybody is thinking that they can uh, just produce massive amounts of content. And so, you know, they see sites or, or people claiming that, you know, uh, uh, they start up a site and they're ranking so well and they are, um, you know, they're producing thousands of pages of content. Well, Look, sure. You, if you start up a site, yeah, you can you can you know push out a thousand pieces of content at once, right? Because it's a new site, and and that's fine. But if you've had a site where you know maybe you've been doing like two blog posts a week at most, and then all of a sudden you're pushing out a hundred a week, that looks strange, right, Anatoly? Just yeah. from if you just think about it, this looks odd. Let's ignore it for the fact that, you know, right now we're talking about using AI to do it. It looks odd. And so guess what? It looks odd to search engines too, like being in Google. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what will they do? I mean, I, I don't have that inside information. I can assume that that sort of thing gets flagged because anything out of the normal will get flagged. If you start building hundreds of links to your site, where in the past, you know, maybe you were getting... 10 a week if you were lucky. If, if you're starting to get 100 backlinks a week, that uh, velocity just does not jive. And so anything that's unnatural is what you know search engines will be on the on the lookout for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think if you can create 100 backlinks with white hat SEO, I mean, like <laughs> to hire link building agency with aggressive strategy to use PR if it's quality yeah it's better to go ahead <laughs> if you can yeah uh, but, but not that fast yeah <laughs> and in, in reality it isn't that fast right for good quality link building does not happen that quickly mm -hmm. it yeah. just you know I've never experienced that um and, and certainly not if you it would be very unusual. Again, maybe if you won the lottery and all of a sudden you've got this huge budget to build links, that would be a different story. But typically that's not the case. Yeah, yeah, got it, got it, nice. Uh, we have the question about using ChatGPT for articles generation. It's white hat or black hat SEO. Um, yeah, can I reply to this question? <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, kind of comes back to our early converse, earlier conversation about this. It really depends how you use it, right? Yeah. It could be considered black hat if all you're doing is literally just throwing in topics on mass into some sort of uh, large language model and getting it to spit out uh, content. And then you're not doing anything other than pushing that maybe even automatically, programmatically to a website. Um, that would probably be considered black hat. And... Uh, you know, again, Google wouldn't necessarily penalize you or anything like that because you've generated uh, uh, content using ChatGPT. Where the where the issue would come in is that 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 
all of that content is probably garbage. If you're using automation mm -hmm. to you know, generate that so fast, it's probably garbage. And yeah. that's where you end up uh, you know, suffering. Mm -hmm. um, I personally uh, today can't create, oh, sorry for my cat. He, uh, he decided to take part in my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Oh, wow. All right, Anatoly, it looks like you are on pause. Well, you know what? While Anatoly is on pause there, uh, I'm just going to talk a little bit more about this using ChatGPT for article generation. How would it be considered white hat? So it would be considered white hat if you're using it more in uh, as an assistant, right? And not just pushing out um, unedited content, content that hasn't had any human involvement. If you start, you know, involving humans in that loop, then that's a different situation, right? Because you've got a human there that's either going to be, you know, editing that somehow, or maybe involved a human involved in the creation of that content. Maybe you use chat GPT uh, to end up generating an outline like we talked about earlier. And then you'll get in there as the uh, content creator and start putting in your own spin on things, maybe. Um, incorporating some of your own experiences and uh, you know your own understanding of the subject and giving it some some sort of unique point of view that maybe other people don't have. You know, the idea here is that you want to contribute something new to the conversation, and that's really the problem with using an LLM is that you're not able to. Oh, there you are. All right. Ah, uh, I got back. <laughs> no no yeah. problem. And totally while you were gone, I was just kind of elaborating more on using chat GBT in a white hat situation. Oh, Whereas, nice. you know, you're adding your experience to that output. Uh, you're having your own point of view. And the real kicker here too, is that you're adding something to the conversation. Because what I was going to say is the problem with uh, large language models is that you know, you're, you're never going to get unique points of view. It's really, I shouldn't say never, because that sounds absolute, but it's really hard to do that, right? Because that's not the way large language models work. You can yeah. really get that unique point of view from a human. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Steven, and I have my final question. It's very important question for my audience, for myself, uh, because I found that um, I usually get great results with clients who understand SEO. Uh, and I have students in my network who are looking for ways how to learn modern SEO uh, today because we have AI. It's not like many years ago. And uh, I want to ask you, if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills, it's your first day in SEO. Uh, you know about AI because you watch Terminator, Matrix, nothing else, <laughs> but you need to learn from scratch. What will you do today if you started from scratch? <laughs> well, you know what? Here's here's the interesting thing. You know, I, I love this question. I, I'm just thinking about it right now because I never have thought about it. But, I mean, you kind of alluded to this, how you said before that you're having conversations with ChatGPT. Um, I actually have conversations with ChatGPT more on... Uh, from the perspective of, of trying to understand its limitations and, you know, if I'm asking it to do things, does it really understand it? What does it understand about, you know, certain concepts? Because I want to make sure if I'm asking ChatGPT to do something, that it actually understands that concept. 
And so kind of bringing that to SEO, I would think that uh, maybe a great learning or a possible way to learn uh, would be actually to interrogate ChatGPT about what does it know about SEO, right? What are the major um, components of SEO? Do you could, That could just get you started right there or about any subject. So really, that could be a great learning tool. I, I don't think a lot of people are necessarily using it that way. And it won't get you the most up-to-date knowledge. But if we're just looking like at the basics and you want to get a good fundamental understanding, that could be an interesting way to go and learn more. Awesome. Great. Stephen, it's a big pleasure to get on my show. I love this experience. You always lead me in the emergency room. I need to spend time to think how to... Uh, implement all these valuable bombs uh, so i'm going to do it tell the best way how to keep learning from you how to reach out to you how to follow you um you know what i'm on linkedin steven jesky it's not a very common name uh i'm on i was going to say twitter but now we call this it x at steven jesky all one word there um those are the best places really to reach out to me awesome awesome guys you can find links in the description below Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. I recommend to anyone to follow Stephen. I do because I need this value. So you need to do as well if you want to become much better marketer. Okay, guys. Love you. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.